Hey, Macca. Hey, Shreddy. Number four. Episode four. The Quaddy. I can't believe we've made it this far. That's it. We're in. Three down. Recording number four. Probably screwed the intro because it's too loud. You ready to rock? Yeah, mate. I'm ready. All right. We've got eight more seconds before this intro cuts out. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we're Forgive pretty... Forgive us. It's late. We're pretty professional. It's late. We've been to the movies. We've had a mandate. It's been a big night already. But we're going to come out here with episode four because we've had some requests. People have been missing us out there um, and they want to hear from Macker and Streety. Yeah, that's right. I think um, the requests have been flooding in. There's a few listeners that are hounding us daily wanting to know when the next show is going to bounce or drop. Um, and when we say a few, that's quite literal. There's there's probably two. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as long as there's demand, there's content. So <laughs> we'll, we will continue to produce. Um, it's been a, a, an interesting week um, in sports across the world, and uh, we're going to touch on that. There's plenty going on, and it's uh, exciting times in various parts of the world. Um, so, Australian Open finals—they're done. The Australian summer of sport is slowing down. It's not coming to an end. There's plenty to look forward to. There's light at the end of the tunnel. It's almost over. It's almost over, the Australian Summer of Sport. But the Australian Open, that's all said and done. We were going to hopefully uh, bring you uh, an episode from the finals, but uh, that didn't work out. So um, the we're done with that. We Are we happy tennis is over, Streety? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, for the most part, because once the tennis over, it means that we're one step closer to the footy. Yeah, true. And another good stuff. Um, I, I do have to say, though, I've got to blow my own here that I did uh, successfully pick both winners of the singles, <laughs> males and females. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that yeah. means nothing if you don't bet on it or roll it into a multi, which I failed to do. Ah. So I did pick Wozniacki and Federer yeah. as the winners, um, paying 250 and 10 bucks respectively. Oh. I, I haven't really listened to any of the earlier episodes but I to confess, but I do tend to remember that the conversation was that you had no idea about tennis and you were largely pulling those two names out of the hat because they were the only two you could remember oh, in the I, field. I, 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 know, I know blokes tennis and I didn't know a lot of the Eastern European female players, yeah. but I do know Wozniacki. Yeah, so okay. she was yeah. a sentimental favourite who happened just to have good odds and... And managed to win. But anyway, well, not good enough for you to put some cash on it, though, unfortunately. So the Australian Open's done and dusted for another year. In 2019, we're actually going to be down there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to plan a trip down for a few days. Yep. Take our recorder and uh, do some live pods from uh, down Melbourne Way. Yep. Um, other big news in tennis this week. Our best friend. Bernard. Bernard Tomic. Bailed after a couple of days on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. <laughs> what is this bloke's story? Uh, look, I... There's so much news going around about Bernard Tomic at the moment, but he seems to be making bad decisions. For whatever reason, he decided that he wanted to be on this TV show, this god-awful TV show, uh, and may have got, obviously, some bad advice that it was good for his career at this point. Decided to spend two days? I'm not even sure. I don't know, mate. And then decided it wasn't for him. Um, two days is probably longer than he spent on the tennis court or at least the practice courts recently by the look of his game. But, I mean, it's a sad story, right? Like a 25-year-old prodigy. But there's so many layers to this story. It's pretty hard to unpack, isn't it? You know. Like, I think it'd be interesting to get inside the head of Bernard Tomic. And yeah, well... For, for all his talents, I think he's probably had a fairly torrid upbringing um, just with the amount of pressure and... And, and how much tennis has been forced upon him growing up as to actually how much he's wanted to do. Well, well, the movie date that I mentioned earlier, we just came from watching I, Tonya, the critically acclaimed story of Tonya Harding, which for the first hour or so focused on the relationship she had with her mother. Yeah, and uh, you could argue uh, that the relationship uh, Tomic had with his parents is, is very similar. Well, I mean, it's a pretty typical story, isn't it? The, the, the sports-loving parent goes and lives their dream through their child but then utterly destroys a child's life mm. like, I mean I don't imagine that it's been easy for Bernard and and that's why you know like obviously you know quite lightheartedly we take the piss but he's obviously needs some help really I, I, not you know I'm saying not he doesn't need any help to get his life back on track he's 
He's not going to be a better or a worse person if he ever plays another game of tennis. That's that's not going to make a difference. But I just I just hope that he can function and, and be happy with himself. It just seems like he doesn't know what will make him happy. But I'm not surprised when when you look at potentially the upbringing that he's had and the pressure that he's had put on him by not only his parents but everybody else that's around him to mm. do something. I mean, yeah, I don't know, mate. Like at 25 years old, I, I, I can't really remember what I was doing, but I know I wasn't. Like, didn't have that sort of pressure on me anyway. Yeah, I think, you know, if we cast our minds back, um, we had Yelena Dokic had a yep. similar um, yeah, hers is a sad sort of upbringing, but we heard, I guess her parents were more, or her father was more in the in the spotlight for yeah. all, all the wrong reasons. We yep. never really heard much about um, Bernie Tomic's parents, like, no, on the, it, on the forefront, but we heard, we've heard sort of stories about, yeah. you know. But again, like you remember back to when Yelena Dokic was going through everything she was going through. I, I know she said in an interview recently, uh, you know, the Australian public almost found it funny, my father's antics. They kind of encouraged him, or at least the media did. And the media will follow a story if it's if it's rating and it's getting people to read it. So it's hard. You do kind of feel a little bit kind of, you know, bad about it all for, you know, I don't know, maybe the small part that you play. But it's... um. Yeah, look, it's I, it's pretty horrible. I mean, you know, like I read that story. I don't know whether it's just tennis or maybe it just seems to come up a lot in tennis. But, you know, I read the story of Steffi Graf and Andre Agassi and the parents that they had um, and some of the stuff they used to do to them about, like, you know, 300 balls that Andre had to hit before he was allowed to eat dinner. And, you know, just these parents, they're just nightmares, you know. And I... I to be honest, mate, I think maybe you've got a, twin, a tinge of that, you know. I can't like, even get my son to shoot fifty jump shots in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> he just tells, "Go away, Dad. I'm going inside." Yeah, yeah. I know that's true. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you certainly know. Uh, you certainly know, uh, Mister Agassi or Tonya Harding's mum. I know that, mate. But no, uh, nah, but it's an interesting phenomenon, isn't it? And and look, like, we wish Bernie all the luck in the world in getting his life back on track, whatever that looks like. Um, but, you know, I would hope that maybe somebody gives him some advice that it might be best to try and get your life back on track in private as much as you possibly can, mate, and uh, be happy with yourself before you try and do anything to make other people happy, buddy. Yeah, and this is Bernard Tomic at 25, and maybe when he's 35, he can release his own reality show called Weekend at Bernie's, and <laughs> we'll just see how. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be good good TV. I'd probably watch that, Weekend uh, at Bernie's. I'd see for sure. It'd be, he could be I'd... on his Gold Coast mansion, taking his yeah. mansion on his jet skis, and... Having all these, <laughs> all these women in their mid thirties, all these hanger honors coming around, and <laughs> but is it going to be one of those situations where uh, I'd rather watch it at twenty five than at thirty five because maybe his money will run out by thirty five. Oh, he's got plenty so of millions. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a, you know, like by then, you know, it'll be like, oh, look at his two thousand and fifteen Ferrari. Look how old it is. Fuck yeah. out, he's, you know, Jesus, have a look at it. He's just got normal rims on it. It's a so. petrol car. Everyone, <laughs> everyone's driving electric cars. Oh, we've all got time. our hoverboards, and yeah, 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 yeah. That's us. So. We should probably get off the Bernie bashing for a bit and just just let him. Yeah, no, nah, good luck, Bernie. Anyway, and good luck to the rest of the celebrities in oh, in that show. I, look, I I do hope that maybe something in that jungle rubs most of you out. But anyway, good luck. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, we wanted to talk on Sunday night, but I was physically incapable. Yeah, so you've been we've been off the air, but for good reason, mate. You you haven't been well. Yeah, I'm just having my head cut off, literally. Um, I had probably the world's worst ear infection. Yeah. Um, I'm still just getting over it now, but it was a horrid, horrid experience. Um, extremely painful. Yep. And over the course of about four or five days, I accumulated an enormous amount of pharmaceutical drugs from <laughs> various doctors and chemists to try and treat it. All performance enhancing. Yeah, um, most of which didn't work. So I have an oversupply of uh, these substances. Right. And I could easily start a black market pharmacy. Right. Um, good. Now, if I happen to be an athlete, the amount of stuff in my system at the moment, I would most definitely um, test positive to these drugs. No so doubt. if the Australian Sports and Drug Agency came, or Sports Drug Agency came, knocked on your door today for a random test, because we're both obviously registered for in-competition testing, then, yeah. then if a couple of random testers turned up, you think you'd be in at, at risk of popping. I'd be in big, I'd be in hot water. I'd be banned from playing 
in the local basketball comp down at Newcastle. <laughs> we take week. we do take things pretty seriously in that domestic competition, mate. So that got us thinking because uh, we're ones for thinking about you know um, drawing comparisons and parallels yep. with certain things. So we just wanted to uh, you know drugs in, in sport. sport. It's the bane of our existence as sports fans through and through. A person that cheats is somebody that we don't support, unless it's you at golf, because you do have a theory that cheating's okay in golf. But yeah, uh, but drug cheats not okay. No, no, definitely no, no, no uh, drug cheats. But you know, if you yeah. if you give yourself a better lie on a fairway, well, you know, if no one looks, it's fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and a couple of practice swings always, isn't it, mate? So if you don't touch a ball, it's not a shot. Yep, fair enough, Rodio. So. But drugs in sport, obviously we frown on it, and today we wanted to talk a little bit about um, not so much anything philosophical, but more so the best excuses we've heard, or at least read about, from athletes that have tested positive to using drugs That's in sport. right. Now, in Australia's hearts and minds, uh, our number one um, would have to be Warney. <laughs> oh, it's got to be, right. The greatest ever Australian cricketer that's ever lived. Yeah, my mum gave me the pill. Uh, and I just took it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my mum gave me Vegemite toast when I was sick. Warney's mum gave him a diet pill. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it seems reasonable. But it seems Warney continued on with the drugs. Um, he probably would test positive for the amount of um, oh, yeah. Botox in his system. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to know if he, yeah, so he's, he's he a bit like um, Kyrgios's brother with with a lack of expression. Oh, yeah, you can't tell. He's the human text message no. as well, you think. It's yeah, he's... Just, can't convey time. He's got his eye, yeah. eye, eye lifts and whatever he's done, but Warney yeah. looks like a um, Barbie doll. Yeah, yeah, for all the wrong does. reasons. He does, and he's, and he. I tell you though, he, you know, he, he's a shadow of him, of his former self, Warney. It looks like that weight loss drugs might have actually worked. Yeah, 15, 20 years later. Thanks, Mum. But anyway, on to our um, infamous um, athletes with terrible excuses. Yeah, now this is actually this is some of the funniest stuff I've read. I, I think that. The excuses that these guys have come up with for testing positive to drugs, I, I think, is is hilarious. So that's right. Give it to us, Streety. What's that? What's so, the first one, mate? Um, we all know that US sprinters have never been the, the cleanest of the of the bunch, and we have here Dennis Mitchell. Oh, let, yeah. Okay. All right. We'll so, talk about a, a controversial topic later that you and I both disagree on. But yeah, <laughs> Dennis Mitchell, because you just said the US sprinters have have never been clean. Well. I believe a Jamaican sprinter that you're a big fan of is a drug cheat as well. But uh, okay, a, well, yeah, we can. We'll, towards the end, we'll we'll, we'll share. Yeah, our well, on that. that's it, mate. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Anyway, Dennis Mitchell got busted for testosterone, too much in his system. His yeah. excuse was he had too much sex with his wife. <laughs> I wonder if the sex with the other people he was having had any impact. And he said as well. he was getting intimate uh, with his wife more than usual oh. because it was his birthday. Up to four, oh. ti- four times a day, oh. he was uh, <laughs> he was giving her a, pre- a present. Four times a day. Yeah. Dal Dennis has given his wife a couple of vouchers for an hour of Dennis love every day. That's right. <laughs> Unfortunately for his, Dennis, cost him his sprinting career. The IAAF didn't see through that excuse, and he was banned for two years oh yeah well my wife wouldn't see through that excuse either I think I'd probably tell her that I could make it to the Olympics if we could just make out every day and I'd still be on the lounge yeah now if we can't get enough of tennis um, France's Richard Gasquet is not the first tennis player to succumb to white line fever oh yeah Yeah. so he uh, was busted for cocaine Yep. Now his his excuse was quite good. Yep. Uh, plainly simply was I kissed a girl in a nightclub and it went into my system. Yep. Uh, the Frenchman says a girl called Pamela that yep. he met in a nightclub in Miami um, must have passed it on to him. Oh, those Miami nightclub girls, they know how to party. All the good stuff uh, from Cuba and Colombia just yeah, you know, that's tra- right. travel short distances. Yeah, what were you doing in that nightclub? That's right. Richard? But Richard got away pretty um, pretty easily with this. He got a two and a half month ban. Oh yeah. Due to the minute um, amount, minute minute amount, I've got to read properly here. Ear infection, I blame that. Due to the minute amount found in his urine, but a stern warning that another positive test was a life ban. Ooh, there's nothing worse than the stern warning, is there? So the moral of the story, yeah, guys, a strongly you, worded letter. If you're going to get on the gear, stay away from birds called Pamela. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, or maybe look out for girls called Pamela because they're obviously a good reason to get your sentence reduced. Yeah, yeah. So all the Pamelas out there. Look out, you guys are about to be taken yeah. off the market. And so uh, probably you would associate drugs in sport with sprinters the most. And here's another one, mm-hmm. a guy called LaShawn Merritt. Yeah. Now, LaShawn Merritt wanted to go faster and be bigger. 
but not necessarily in sprinting. <laughs> he tested for a drug that I can't even pronounce. Dehydropiendrosterone. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's long. a performance-enhancing drug. Yeah, so his excuse was not reading the ingredient to his penis enlargement oh, medication. Yes! Yes, this happens all the time to me. <laughs> I fail to read the instructions. And quote, it was a foolish... Penis pump. It was a foolish, immature, and egotistical mistake. Yep, Any penalty yep. I may receive for my action will not overshadow, pun intended, overshadow, <laughs> the embarrassment and humiliation I feel, he said at the time. Yep. His result, banned for two years, which was Ooh. reduced to 21 months because, obviously, you know... Because his penis was reduced in That's tolerance. right. So. <laughs> so, so you test positive, yeah. and everyone finds out you've got a small dick. Yeah. Sprinters. Uh, Clearly, he um, yeah. got a little bit jealous of watching Shervo. Yeah, he did. Yeah. The package. The package. Shervo, the package. Great left, commentator right, now on Fox left, League. Right. He is, too. Doesn't often get that package out on no. Fox League like some of the other personalities on TV. But Yeah, we've got... Um, the, this is one of the more interesting ones. Peter Corder, famous Czech tennis player, a big lefty. Oh, I remember Peter Corder. He was a pretty good lefty. He won, big he, server. He won, won a grand slam or two. Bought the old flat top in fashion too, old Peter. One of, the, one of the best flat tops in sports history. And, yeah. Uh, maybe we can... That's uh, another list. We could do a Best list. haircuts ever. Yeah. Flat tops. He's right up there with Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago, yeah, he'd probably be number one. Yeah, Eastern, don't about Eastern Euros and flat tops. Andre Kirilenko, was a, he was another one, basketball was, player. But debate over Ivan Drago, best flat top in sporting history. Old Peter Corder got busted for Nandrolone, which is a steroid. Yep. Now, his excuse, I just like veal too much. Oh, yep, okay. So veal obviously being a meat. Now, yep. the only problem with that was the level of the drug would have meant... He'd eaten up to 40 calves <laughs> a day for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Pete. No one's buying it, mate. No so, one is buying it. Peter, so. while you were good at tennis, you were shit at maths, and you could probably only count to six. Oh, but he obviously loves a schnitty. Loves a schnitty. <laughs> he must be there at every pub around around the place, every schnitty night. And getting oh, I, I, 20. I've, I've, I've had a schnitty in the Czech Republic, and they're, they're not bad. Are they? Ooh, 20 a day. Bad. Jeez. Um, cycling is uh, also one that's known for its drug cheats. Oh, arguably our number one um, culprit yeah. here is Macca's biggest sporting hero, Lance. My Armstrong. biggest sporting disappointment. I actually do remember a conversation early one morning in a gym when I told you that I had no doubt that uh, one day Lance <laughs> would get busted for his drugs, and yep. you said there's no way in hell this will ever happen. Yep, yep. And within 12 months, um, I was laughing at you. Oh, I have no defense. That's true, other than the fact that there's no way you and I would ever be in a gym early in the morning. No one would believe that. So, But no, that's absolutely true, that story. I'm not sure if the location was correct, but we did discuss that. I was... A bona fide Lance fan until he disappointed me greatly. But the Lance is not who we're talking about here. No. We want to talk about Tyler Hamilton. Yes, not as popular as or well known as Lance. However, Hamilton was found to have a foreign blood population, a common sign of blood doping. Okay. Yep. But his excuse yep. was that an unborn twin lives inside of him. He said foreign oh. cells were found in his system because he might be a chimera, yep. an organism with two or more populations of genetically distinct cells right. produced by a twin brother who died before birth. Yep, and Hamilton received a two-year ban. Yeah, I think this guy watches too many science fiction movies. I think so, and I think I think he probably deserved two years to go away and think, and have a look <laughs> yeah. at himself and say... That is a really stupid Tyler is the worst. And is it, wasn't he was part of... Was he part of the Lance debacle? And oh, he was around the same time, I think. And and obviously, you know, come on, mate. Like, yeah, you were cheating. It's all good, but Maybe the, the lack of oxygen at those um, altitudes and the rise yeah. just sucks their brain of Maybe creativity. Maybe that's what killed his unborn twin. Who knows? Mm. Last one. This one, I like this one. Yep, I want so, to finish on yep. this one. Go for yeah. it. Gay Waterhouse. Now, we love you, darling, but she had a horse called Love You, Honey. Now, unfortunately, this horse tested positive to cocaine. Uh, a horse? The horse tested positive <laughs> horse to cocaine. horse tested to cocaine. Yeah. Now, you know, you got to understand, mate, this is why I don't bet on horses, because they plug those horses with whatever they can find to make them run faster. And now... Uh, it's cruelty, mate. It's rubbish. And it, it's cruelty because it takes money away from me because I can never pick the one that's got the most drugs in its system. 
So I've stopped. I'm away from horses, mate. You won't find me putting money on horse races. But Gay, however, now Gay, this horse, I love honey, I think, um, tested positive to cocaine. Now, Waterhouse actually pleaded guilty to the charge. Wow. However, she told stewards that the Regent Hotel was very close to her Ranwick stables, and it was a known drug den, and that one of her employees, and she named a guy called Roy Storch, Roy the Stooge, by the sound of things, may have come into contact with the drug there. Even though he denied using it, unfortunately he had, on two previous occasions, admitted to using cocaine. So apparently he did use it and he didn't use it. And Gay thinks that he was making out with a horse, just like Richard Gasquet was making out with Pamela in the Miami nightclub. On the horse's birthday. On the horse's birthday. So we've rolled all the stories into one. Yes. And the horse was actually eating... Veal. Veal. That's exactly right. (laughs) Sounds sounds good to me. maybe with an unborn horse twin. So anyway, that concludes the list of the worst excuses for being a drug cheat in sports. That's right. And I'm sure there's many more out there. Um, We just can't talk about them all. No. Now, in order to move on from the list, the, the topic that came up at the very start of that conversation was the Jamaican sprinter. Oh, yes. Now, I mentioned that I believe that he's a drug cheat and... We don't have any lawyers that work for us, obviously, so I'm just going to name him Usain Bolt, right? I believe... So the same way you had a conversation with me and said, mate, Lance Armstrong is going to pop for drugs, I'm going to tell you Usain Bolt one day, he's going to pop for drugs. He's a drug cheat. Nobody finishes that far in front of everybody else who are also drug cheats and is clean. But like, you're not talking about a guy. That's what that you use the same reasoning for me on Lance Armstrong. No, not, no, my reasoning was that a bloke that just had testicular cancer and lost a nut rode in a race a short time after having that done and then won. But you don't pedal a bike with your dick. But, but surely all the cancer treatment's got to take a toll. Well, surely, but it wasn't like he stepped out of the hospital and then and then rode the Tour de France. But Lance was finishing miles ahead of people that were known drug cheats. That, does that sound familiar? Like Usain's finishing okay. a long way. So, was not anymore. These but he guys was. are riding bikes. Usain Bolt's six foot five. Most of the, the average height of a sprinter is around five seven to five ten. So he's got a good eight inches. Yeah, but so do a lot height. of tall people. And leg length, stride length. Tall, non-drug using people probably. I'm, I'm not doubting that there's a chance uh, because there are several Jamaicans that have been busted. But I think. Yeah, oh, just his teammates, from a, from a training mates. From a physiological um, perspective, Bolt definitely had an, an advantage over his shorter-statured competitors. Yeah, a drug advantage. It'll, it'll get, well, an artificial one. We'll find out one day, uh, maybe or not, and I suppose maybe. there's probably only a handful of people that really know. Yeah, well, um, maybe he's been making out with Pamela's in Miami. Who knows? But I think if it did ever come out that you know Usain Bolt was a drug cheat, um, the credibility of the Olympics in general across all sports, oh. especially individual sports, would take such a massive hit that yeah, well, this is a probably a story. If it was true, that they'd want to keep under wraps. Yeah, well, I mean that's the same as cycling. You know, they don't they don't want their superstars to test positive for drugs because it ruins the gravy train, mate. It stops the money coming in. So. You know, it's a difficult one. Like we've often discussed the concept of maybe a a drug free Olympics and then a um, free drugs Olympics, where basically you can cheat all you want, and then we'll see who the best person is. What on would you drugs. rather watch? Oh, well, look, I'm a traditionalist, mate. I want to watch a clean Olympics. I want them to do whatever they can to stay in front of people that cheat, um, because I also play an honest game of golf. But yeah. uh, but the but I but I think it's an uphill battle. Like only today, the there was an announcement that twenty eight Russians that had received doping bans were had those doping bans lifted, and now looks like they might be eligible to compete in the upcoming Winter Olympics. Um, and some of them had medals returned from Sochi as well four years ago. So, um, you know, this sort of thing is just an ongoing battle. That was a decision overturned by the Court of Arbitration for Sport, and. You know, mate, you just, it's so hard. It's so hard to stay in front of these things because there's a market for it. You mm. know? Like, um, there's a lot right. It's not just the sport these days. There's so much more behind it money, entertainment, TV. Definitely. And a lot of those come into um, factors when decisions like this are made. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, 
that's the way it goes, mate. So we'll we'll move on. We won't solve the problem of drugs in sport here, but we will say that we don't support it, mate. So. Yep. We made reference a few minutes back that there's plenty of uh, things going on in the world of sport, so we're quickly going to touch on that before we hit our main feature for the night. Yep. Um, the elephant in the room, the big thing coming up on Monday is Super Bowl 52. Yep. yep. And we've got the Eagles v. the Patriots, Philadelphia and New England. Yep. Um, let's get a quick winner and a score prediction and an MVP. Oh, well, I, I'd i like to see the Philadelphia Eagles win it. I love a good underdog. Um, but I must say, it's hard to pick a, against the Patriots and, and the weight of a, of, a, of a true superstar like Tom Brady. Mm. Um, is, it, is this one of those situations where it's one of those games, right, when at the height of his powers, Andrew Johns, if he played for New South Wales and they won the origin, then he got man of the match. Is this a situation that if the Patriots win the game and and Tom Brady plays plays a game that's short of anything better than diabolical and he wins MVP of the game? I think uh, if, if you had a, a receiver or a running back score two or three touchdowns yeah. um, and make some good yards, then they would make a strong case for MVP. Yeah. I think all Brady needs to do to win it would be to guide his team and throw two touchdown passes and not throw an interception yeah. or make any major turnovers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so, so if he doesn't completely fuck up, then he's like, and the Patriots win, mm. then he probably gets that, yeah. that gong, right? This so. is the problem with, you know, I guess Gridon in general is it's all about the quarterback and he's just got a support staff to mm. you know, stand in front of him. But they love it over there and it's, it's a do. big event. Uh, it's a massive event and you're going to go and, and check also, right, so, so right, let's, people, I like to sit on the fence, but I, I'll, I'll name my winner. I'm going to say the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win it. Yeah, what score? And, Pick a score. Well, I think it'll be, uh, okay, let me say it's going to be 24-21. Close one. Well, right. I'm going to take the Pats. I'm going to take them 28-14. Yeah. And I think Brady throws three touchdown passes. Yep. And they get just one off a, close to the line off a run. Okay. Um, so 28 to 14. 28 to 14. And, and Brady MVP. gets MVP. He gets his sixth well, Super Bowl ring and he, he matches Jordan for titles. And then, God forbid, there'll just be this forever debate going on for the next however long. Yep. Who's the best team athlete ever, Brady or Jordan? Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. It'll, it'll yeah, happen. Okay. And so, do you think we'll see any boobs in the, um, in the, the Super Bowl halftime show? Like Janet Jackson, like oh, Justin Timberlake's back. I he's just back, thought maybe. It? Yeah, I thought maybe. Who, who's performing with him? Don't know, to be honest. Unless Timberlake's got a set of boobs of his own, or he's got a few surprises. He may. Maybe he might have a few trolls under his uh, jacket he can whip he out. No, yeah, yeah. Now, you're going to go and check out the Super Bowl for us on. Yeah, I'm on going, to a, going to a Super Bowl party in town. Yeah. Um, and we're going to try and get a few sound bites of the uh, spectators there and get a yep. bit of a, a feel for it. Yeah, because it's really taken off in terms of like uh, probably the last 10. 10 years or so we've seen a real rise in you know you and I were always interested in American sports because of our love of basketball but you know certainly the popular culture now has lent itself to to you know the Super Bowl being a pretty major sporting event here in, mm. in Australia I mean there's a lot of licensed venues that are putting on shows and people love you know the Super Bowl and everything that comes with it now an excuse to get to a pub and have a meal and a few oh, beers yeah. and watch sport yeah definitely um, we need more of it in Australia so yeah fair enough Super Bowl's been very well received yeah, thanks a lot, ESPN. I just got a comment. We've got ESPN on our big screen here in our, um, in yeah. our uh, pod office studio. We do. Um, a lot of these, uh, well, Brady, Tom Brady's getting interviewed now. The size of their beanies are just immense. Yeah, like, they're pretty intense, aren't like, they? I think it's a, it's a big fashion now, big beanies. Big just beanies. like sitting on top, like, look like they work in a wharf. So this is the new peaked cap kind of situation I remember those peaked caps and people were like used to wear them on top of their head it was pointless yeah so now it's big beanies like thing. massive be- they're massive they like literally look like smurfs yeah you know, smurf okay. wear those white things on the head we should probably because Tom we're... Brady looks like a, a, a toy he does a toy that what beanie that beanie is ridiculous oh yeah well, obviously you can't see it, listeners. But um, anyway, we're going to try and find a screen snap and just post that. Yeah, that we better post it. Beam. We better post a picture of that. I tell you that that probably that probably comes up to um, another topic that we could probably cover. This could be a whole episode actually. But fashions in sport. I saw some photos the other day of that Russell Westbrook who plays in the NBA. Yes. In him arriving for a game or a couple of games maybe in different outfits. Yes. What is wrong with that man? Like. <laughs> 
in in fashion circles in the US, Russell Westbrook, who is the reigning NBA MVP, is um, considered a bit of a fashion icon now. I'm not sure whether that's a good or a bad thing, but yeah. he, he wore a yellow mustard-colored jumper, something that you'd find um, in, in, the, in, a, in a trash bin at the back of the salvo. Which looked like where he may have found it. I thought the NBA had a dress code that you. Well, had they used to. to. It used to be suits and ties, but they obviously, mm-hmm. obviously, have scrapped that idea. Yeah. Okay. I think with the whole uh, rise of social media and profiles and players yeah. promoting their own brands, um, yeah. having a uniform dress code has gone out the window. It may be hard for us. We we may have to bring a special guest in for that episode. Oh, you and I aren't exactly fashion icons. No. But we know what we like. That's right. Yeah, and I don't like what Russell Westbrook wears. Yeah, you've got, to, got to shake your head sometimes. Yeah, I, look, this I, it looked to me like this was a serious situation of somebody with too much time and way too much money, yep. and they've just misused both of those resources. Well, you did sign a two hundred and five million dollar contract extension. I, yeah, see, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I, maybe if I if I yeah look if I was getting paid that sort of money, maybe I would just turn up in my pyjamas which yeah. might have been what he was turning up in I think so what, while we are still touching on US sports and, and, and the NBA it's always uh, good to talk about it um, it's a great time of year we've got the all-star game a few weeks away the trade deadline yep. is upon us there's a few crazy things going on at the moment yep um, a big trade went down yesterday if you're an NBA fan you're probably going to know the name Blake Griffin yep He. and was... if you're a Kardashians fan you're probably going to know the name Blake Griffin because I was told that he is rumoured to be dating one of the Kardashians. Yeah, Kendall Jenner. Yeah, oh yeah, okay. Yep. yep. So the story of Blake Griffin was he was a free agent last year and the, his team, the LA Clippers, um, wooed him and tried to re-sign him, yep. which, which they did. Yep. As part of their pitch, they set up a maze in their stadium and mm. walked him through as a bit of a this is your life scenario. Okay. Pictures of his childhood, his, you know, growing up and things like that. They walked yep. him through this maze. At the end of the maze, they had a mock jersey retirement um, ceremony. They yeah. raised his banner to the roof, yeah. um, his jersey, and they um, had you know slogans and signs saying "Clipper for life." Yeah. And it was almost six months to the day later, <laughs> two days ago, <laughs> they traded him. See you, mate. And he's a hundred seventy-three million dollar contract from Los Angeles, wow. where Blake has has a budding acting career and a stand-up comedy career. Does he really? Yes. They shipped him to the middle of the states in Detroit, <laughs> which has no economy. It's freezing friggin' cold and is the last place anyone would want to play yeah, well. uh, basketball or live for that matter. Yep. You can buy a house for about 15 grand in Detroit. <laughs> well, with his contract that they probably signed after that little little ceremony of the Clippers, he might be able to buy a couple of houses over there in Detroit. So he's still going to get paid, but he there's no palm trees in Detroit for nah. Blake Griffin. Uh, look, it just shows, you know, obviously it's just a business at the end of the day. You, you're worth whatever, you know, it's what have you done for me lately? And it, and obviously his team, they weren't winning or they weren't winning as much as what they had hoped. Mm. They had they had made, they had let some good free agents go during the offseason, in Chris Paul and a couple of guys. And, and obviously we're going to build around Blake Griffin. Well, that was their intent. Yeah. Uh, and something's gone wrong. Uh, and he had he, out the door he goes go on and now okay there are two questions for you Streety now um, how do you think that would have like that's a pretty hard thing to have happen in your life right like you just mentioned that he had his life reasonably well set up maybe he was dating one of the Car- the Jenners or the Kardashians and maybe he just wanted to move to get away from the family but but so he's got a relationship of some sort predictably or maybe He's got a, a side career, a few hobbies and in, in all that sort of stuff. Now, that's hard to take. Or do you say, well, mate, bad luck because you get paid millions of dollars each year, so they should be able to ship you wherever they want? Oh, well, it's, it's a business you sign into, and I think if you are prepared to take all the money, mm. you have to take all that comes along with it. And unfortunately for the way the contracts and things work um, your contract is tradable and you know there is a human element to it but in this day and age um, you have billionaires paying millionaires and if the billionaires are writing the checks if they want to pay any more they'll they'll move that on and someone else will take it yeah exactly it's the nature of the business and do you think yeah I I guess so I mean it's hard hard to predict is that is that a phenomenon that we're going to see a lot of in Australian sports I mean we often see the mid-season player swap but it it it's usually orchestrated by people that aren't kind of playing that much or fallen out of favour with coaches. 
Um, do you think we'll ever see um, a mid-season Cameron Smith move to the Broncos in exchange for a, you know, Sam Thiday or something like that? Or I, I think a trading period would be actually really quite good. Yeah, uh, right. In in NRL, and what I cannot stand, and we're going to touch obviously this as the footy season um, gets closer. But one thing that really irks me about the way that NRL is set up at the moment is you can sign a contract mm. to join a team for 2020. Yeah. Now, I think that's just the dumbest thing ever. You don't like that? No, I, I think it's dumb. I think you should only be able to sign once your your deal's over. So if you, you know, 2018, you expire, you should only be able to sign a contract from the day after the grand final where the last game's played and you have a two or three week window or a month window where mm. you do all your signing and moving and all that sort of stuff yeah. and then a team has an off season to get their team together for the for the next one too many distractions and too many things happen to clubs where a player can fart ass around to sign a contract he's not going to join a team for for 12 to 18 months down the track yeah and you, you typically see then that that situation results in that player usually leaving early and exactly. going and starting up a, a so it's just a big waste so. of everyone's time it's not fair on the fans the players mm. so it's something that the NRL has is it to not fair off. on the players Bob? like I mean like from a you know we're probably getting a bit too deep in this but, but from a player's perspective I mean you know like I guess wanting to shore up your future and knowing where that is I mean, to there's no degree. harm from the players perspective and they're only playing by the rules yeah, but I I think it's an area that can definitely be cleaned up. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, understandable. Oh, well, that's probably a different topic that we'd get into. Um, I think you know the. But, but before yeah. we move on, there's one other thing. Um, back to the basketball. Our boy Ben Simmons. Yep. He's uh, missed the initial vote for the All Stars. Yep. He got snubbed again off an injury replacement yep. for a guy. He did. Another dude, one of LeBron's teammates, Kevin Love's gone down with a broken hand. So, will Ben get the call-up on the third time lucky for his first All-Star appearance as a rookie? Well, our fingers are crossed, and we hope that he does. Um, I I do still think that uh, there's a there's a hierarchy in the NBA, or at least... So, my original opinion, and maybe I didn't express this probably, was that if Ben Simmons didn't get voted in by the fans then the hierarchy or this kind of old boys club of the NBA would which which is the coaches and and some of the league administrators would would not pick him to play in the game because they want him to earn the right to play in the game mm. but also at the same time they I, I I'm probably under no illusions to think that they you know people at the league office make this decision themselves they they would consider what market doesn't have a player playing in the game when yeah. they make that decision. So, and they'd probably do that with considerations of broadcast representatives and people like that to say, all right, well, what fan base do we want to tap into? So, there's a lot more that obviously goes into decision than just who's the next best player or who got voted the next. Or yeah, I mean, there's a few flaws in the All Star process. Mm. I would make the argument, given you know, there's two other players that um, Simmons is likely to be voted against. There's three guys in the running. Um, a dude from Miami, yeah, Goran Dragic, and then a guy from Charlotte, Kemba Walker. Yeah, Kemba Walker has the highest scoring average. He's lost the most games out of all those other uh, two guys. Um, Simmons' numbers are better than the Miami guy. Yeah. I'm going to say Simmons gets the call up. It's what people want. He'll be on LeBron's team. They're tight, um, and I think it's a good thing for a new blood of NBA player to be start filling those All Star spots. Yeah. So I'm saying. Before it happens, that Ben Simmons will get the call up. Okay. Well, I'm going to disagree with you because I'm going to go with there's more to it than that. And what they'll pick is probably someone like Kemba Walker, uh, Kemba Walker um, from Charlotte, because I believe that there's probably no one from that market that's playing in the game, and I believe that that's kind of what they'll look to tap into is that another fan base. It's I, I believe that's why. They have the split of fan votes versus, in inverted commas, coaches' votes um, because what they want to do is make sure that they get representatives from every market across America and every large market. And I think, unfortunately for Ben, he plays in a team where there's already another player that's been selected in Joel Embiid, and that is why I think he is not going to be picked to play in the game. But don't worry, Aussies. He'll be an NBA All-Star for oh, pretty much the rest of his look, career. He'll get a shot. Don't worry about it. His time will come. I mean, he, you know, and look, and I hope I'm wrong. I, I do hope I'm wrong. I hope they, they, they pick him up. We 
find out pretty soon that they've picked him, and I hope he gets a start because he's going to be an all-star for a lot of years to come. Um, and and we've always, already said here before, he may very well be the best player in the world one day, and, yeah. and we hope to see that. Well, so. NBA, I've got a message for you. There's 22 million people in Australia, and there's not that many people in Charlotte or Miami. Uh-huh. So give us the bloody vote. We want Ben in. Yeah, I like it. Righto. Now, that sort of passion that you just described um, over Ben and, and wanting him in the All-Star game is passion that you often only see in sports movies. Sports movies, that's right. So The tennis is over, thank Christ. The cricket's almost done. No one cares about the cricket. So yesterday, I believe, was the first day in something like two months or so where for Australian sports fans... There was no live sports on TV during prime really? time, right? So we had no Big moon. Bash, no tennis. No. The, the Blue Moon was there. The Blue Moon was there. So That's the Blue right. Moon took over. So once in a Blue once Moon, a blue moon we Australians don't have, have sports to watch, mate. That's right. So that was our once in a Blue Moon moment. Just for everyone listening out there, that was our first and only dad joke. Yeah. Um, we will have plenty more coming in a book we're going to release yeah we're coming to award season yeah. um, the movie award season we've got Oscars Golden Globes all that stuff coming up Yeah. so we thought it was a good time to get on the movie train yeah we went on a mandate like we said got a few looks yeah oh, two, yeah. two blokes going to see a movie about an ice skater yeah no that was cool though we, I'm comfortable with who we are Yeah. that's right we, uh, we looked sh- even weirder when I carried your chock top in and gave yeah, it to you. True, I? true. We sat in the wrong seats on purpose and oh, that kind yeah. of just threw out the whole cinema. Yeah, that was awkward. Yeah. And the attendant had to come and tell us to move to our yeah, seats and everyone else, that. all the other 20-odd people could get in their, their yeah, seats. Yeah, it was a chain reaction. I have a problem with predetermined seating. If you're not there on time, bad luck. You sit in the crap <laughs> seats. Get there on time. See, I'm totally... Mate, I've got my ticketed seat. We should have sat in the right seats from the start. I blame you. Anyway, so we saw I, Tonya. Yep. Um, the story of Tonya Harding. Um, you may be familiar with the ice skating um, scandal that went down in the mid '90s. Yeah, I think everyone's familiar with it. I mean, it was it was probably one of the biggest stories going around. Yeah, I'm... definitely growing up for sure. It was, um, it was, mm. it was, you know, headline news even down here. Yeah. On a daily basis. Probably what makes it more interesting for us down here is that one of our own actresses, Margot Robbie, played the yeah. role of Tonya Harding. Yeah, she did. And I think she was actually fantastic. She was pretty good, mate. She did a good job. I mean, uh, she certainly did a good job of hiding like how good-looking she is. She didn't look very good in that movie, but, you know. But, uh, yeah, the the actual performance that she delivered was spot on. Um, it was a great movie. I mean, it was it was... So if you're talking about sports movies, and we'll we'll split these up a little bit later, but if you talk about sports movies, you talk about uh, there's ones that have got a good story, and then there's ones that are inspirational. Yep. There's some that are funny. Um, there's some common themes you should have in, in all good sports movies. And, and I think a sports movie needs to have a lasting effect um, to determine its its legacy. So whether it be... A particular line or a moment that's referenced yeah. in, in part of daily life or popular culture. Are you talking about like the Jerry Maguire? Show me the money! Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You okay. need that. Yep. Yeah, you do. And actually, and, and, and your wife Goldie, she raised a good point when we were talking about this earlier. It's got to have a good soundtrack. Yes. And there were a couple of good songs in I, Tonya. Yes. And, you know, but like, I mean, some of the iconic sports movies of the day, like... Remember, the Titans had a classic soundtrack, didn't it? Yeah. Like, um, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Days of Thunder, the one with like Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. Yep. That had pretty good soundtrack. Um, like, what else had a good soundtrack in some of these? Cool movies? Runnings. So, cool Runnings had a good. Did yeah. it have a good soundtrack? Oh, they had that. It was that. There was the film clip. I don't know what. Can't remember the song, but it was. I just almost agreed with that, but I don't know. I remember seeing on video hits as a kid. The you know what's the oh, video hits as a kid. I'm gonna look it up. Righto, you're gonna you tell me what songs are in Cool Runnings. See, but it does have iconic moments, like, yes. Like those lines where what's the line? And he says, um, "I see pride, I see power, I see a badass mother who won't yeah. take no crap from them." Like people remember that sort of stuff, right? That's so, right. So and so um, that that's enough to get it get it on a list. Wild yeah, Wild Wildlife was the song. Wild and then, Wild Life. And also, too, I can see clearly now by Jimmy Cliff. Yeah. Okay. You know, so right, there's, yeah. there's some pretty big songs in that movie. Okay, so so good songs. So let's talk very quickly about what what are those? So you, an iconic line that a sports movie has to have. I think probably the best iconic line, without a doubt, is "Show me the money." Show from me the money, Jerry Maguire. You reckon? 
Has to be. Show me the money. It's probably one of the more well-known ones, right? Yep. Now, if you're talking... Okay, so that's so an iconic line. Show me the money. Yep. No arguments there. One good feature of a sports movie is a good training montage. Yep. Well, like Rocky hands down. Rocky hands down training montage. Sometimes when I go to the gym, the way I get through the workout is... I imagine myself in a training montage. Right. And I play songs in my head and I think, how would this look in a training montage? Well, I can say I've never really done that. <laughs> oh, mate. I'm telling you, you've got to do but it. You've got to do it to get yourself through something. If I was ever to attempt a run, to get me through a run, yeah. I would um, channel the my inner Chariots of Fire. Oh, yeah, righto. Chariots of Fire. So I think the Chariots of Fire song... Um, that yeah 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 that that certainly has been um, that's pretty pretty up there pretty well known so that is pretty well known that would be enough to get Chariots of Fire on one of my list of you know top ever sports movies yeah because because even I Tonya like that had a training montage in it tonight it did like and and they kind of took the piss out of it but that's what happened well they actually referenced Rocky and Tonya in the movie said that. She said, it worked for Rocky, so it'll work for me. Yeah. And then her coach at the time said, "In the, in, in the, oh, we don't want to spoil it, but basically said she actually did this. She did the stuff that Rocky did in the Rocky movies yeah, yeah. to replicate I don't think training. you'll spoil it by telling them that. No, anyway, okay, it's, it's not a bad part of the movie. Yeah, I think they all know what happened. But so, so okay, so let, then let's talk a little bit about that. So let's talk about maybe what a sports movie sometimes doesn't have, which is factual accuracy. True. Because... I, Tonya, that, that was, like when we were watching that, they were saying there was differing accounts of what happened. So That's someone right. was saying this did happen, someone was saying that didn't happen. So does a sports movie have to be factually accurate? Like if it's a, not if it's like a made-up story, right? Like let's forget those ones. Yeah. But if it's a, a story about a real team, like so. Well, um, I think what, I think if there's statistics and events and proof that something actually happened, the movie needs to reflect that. Okay. If it's fictional, yeah. then you can do whatever you want. So, like, like, uh, like, let's say, um, what did you the movie you were talking about the uh, the one about Peter Brock? Yes, right. You like that? And you well, said, it was. An, I'm not a car racing fan by any stretch, but that TV series a couple of years ago was quite interesting. And one yeah. thing I didn't realize is that Brocky was a bit weird. He developed these magic crystals that he wanted to put in his his fuel tanks thinking yeah. that they would have these magical effects making his car go faster and more efficient yeah and he was um he believed himself so much he thought this was actually legitimate and all these you know people did from, he put the crystals in his tank he did he did and and he called in you know people from holden and stuff to actually verify it and they just they thought he was off his rocker dispelled the myth of that totally right. but he he was very firm in his belief that this actually worked and he got into oh, a, right. crystals and, and healing all that kind of stuff yeah okay um so that actually happened that was part of the show i, th- I, I didn't know that um mm. and it probably maybe changed my perception of him a little bit yeah, lowered it a little bit, you think? It's a little bit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, like maybe every sports movie has to have a little bit of madness in it as well, right? Yeah, and so, no, I think that every elite sports person has their quirks. Yeah, it's probably a fine line at some of the levels of sport that you talk about where, you know, there's a fine line between being so dedicated to something that you become as skilled at it as what they are yeah, uh, and actually just being a little bit batshit crazy. Mm. And I mean, I... I think if we refer back to Russell Westbrook's choice of clothes every day, I mean, yeah. he might have stepped over the line every now and, and then. And then there's, so. there's some movies which leave um, unfair um, you know, reputations or perceptions about certain groups of people. One of those being one of one of probably our favourites, White Man Can't Jump. <laughs> now, in our case, it's, it's actually quite true because we are white men and yeah. we definitely can't jump. Yeah, we but, definitely can't. But that's got nothing to do with being white. Like, that's just being like we're, the, we're as athletic as a couple of sausage dogs that's right yeah, yeah um however i'm sure there are a few white blokes that can jump yeah probably are but that that yeah. was a very good basketball movie from 92 wesley snipes woody harrelson yep played the roles very well and did that have yeah i don't think that had a good soundtrack i don't know but don't you know that white man, man can't can jump? jump oh that was pretty good yeah that's yeah, true that was, that was yeah. on video hits yeah that's true video hits yeah you love video hits don't you mate yeah so, yeah okay that was a pretty good one so if you're gonna so let's talk a little bit about the categories of, of sports movies first, right? So not first, but at the moment we'll talk about the categories. So you've got um, your funny sports movies, right? Yep. What's your what's your number one funny sports movie? Oh well, 
It's got to be Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Sandler did a good Happy Gilmore, didn't he? That yeah. was a good. He was. That was, was the, that was probably at the peak of his powers, and he was yeah. on fire in that period. And Happy yeah. Gilmore is is a movie that, you know, like Love Actually, mm. um, gets played four or five times a year. Yeah, and it's always one that when you see it, you sit down and watch. just put it on, and you'll go right. Oh, I'll watch yeah. this again. That's it, and you don't even bother changing the channel. You go, well, this is kind of pretty good, and there's yeah, a good bit yeah. coming up. I'll just watch this. So, there's a sporting movie. Every sporting movie's got a villain. It's like most movies, right? Like, say, yes. Shooter, Mc, Shooter McGavin in Happy Gilmore. He's yep. a pretty good villain. Yeah. You know? Like, most of them have a villain in it, don't they? I liked... I, so, uh, Caddyshack was probably one of my favourite funny sports movies. I thought Bill Murray, he's as funny as they come. I... Probably the funniest sports movie that I... I reckon semi-pro. Yes. The one with Will Ferrell about basketball. Like... Yep. Mainly because I imagined that that's what I would be like if I ever owned a professional sporting team of any sort. But the thing about that movie, Semi Pro, is you actually encounter a lot of those characters just during the week at the local stadium. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's probably there's probably teams, and we could isolate character, pick characters out of yeah. that movie that we would find one or two of those blokes on yeah. every single team. Yeah, you're right. In a local comp game. So, like the, uh, are you talking like so the. Um, big Eastern European like kind of thug or what are you talking about like what are the characters you mean just guys that think they're better than what they are and, yeah, um, yeah of course yeah. the guys who wear like the full NBA licensed kit yeah all the gear and no idea yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. those yeah. sort of well, they're not as athletic as us a couple of white men are they like, no so. no so so um, what about so um, okay so the next category that I'll talk about for sports movies is inspirational sports movies. Yes. But there's a there's a movie and it's a quite an iconic one that I've had an argument with people before of whether this sits in the inspirational category or whether it sits in the comedy category. Mighty Ducks. Mm. Is it a comedy? Because Goldberg the goalie is pretty funny. Charlie Conway. But it's inspirational. And it's is by Disney. A, yeah. And I think Disney do a great job of mm. Mixing messages and yeah. having having something in it for everyone. Well, the movie that we didn't think of when we put together our list was Cars, the Pixar movie. True. As a sports movie, and that was named in one of the lists that we saw after we put our list together. Yeah. And I, I thought, yeah, that's a pretty good one, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, this discussion is one where, you know, you always kind of go, oh, yeah, that movie, I remember oh, I've that. I've raced on the oh. actual Cars track over at California World and Disneyland. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Did yeah. you race Chick Hicks and the boys over there, did you? Oh, I didn't win. Oh, right, okay. Don't worry. Filthy. Neither did Lightning McQueen, and everyone no, still true. loves him. True. So, yeah. And so, so okay, so, all right, so Mighty Ducks, let's say it sits across two categories, but a bloody good movie. Yep. And probably, you know, like most movies with sequels and, and thirds, probably lost a little bit of its luster as yep. it went through but geez i tell you what it was pretty good at the start a movie that i watched a couple of years ago which i absolutely loved and it was based on true events was uh moneyball with brad pitt yeah you are a fan of that so that's a factually accurate to a degree story yeah yeah so the story behind that if you haven't seen it is um billy bean was a baseball manager yeah and um his team was no good and they basically just started to trade away their star players who weren't yeah. performing yeah. and picking guys based on analytics. Mm. And that was probably the beginning of a revolution in, in modern sports whereby analytics has really taken over now, particularly in the US sports and a little bit now um, in the AFL yeah. and rugby league. Yeah. And where you know weighted numbers, statistics, percentages um, and efficiency ratings of players are starting to have more of a, a factor in the decision-making process of who they hire, fire, yep. sign a big contract, etc. Yeah. So I just found that that whole process really fascinating um, okay. from that movie, and I think they did a really good job of yep. uh, telling that story. So yep. thumbs up to Moneyball. That was a good movie. Yeah, right. So you like that one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So let's then say that we're going to have to name three sports movies Okay. across any category. Yep. Doesn't matter, inspirational, funny, um, factually accurate, um, just a good story. Yep. Uh, so you got to name three movies. Okay. So is Happy Gilmore one? See, when I see a movie, like comedies, I enjoy it, but I don't get invested. Yeah, okay. 
So I'm going to have to say, we haven't mentioned this one yet, but in 1994 there was a, a documentary movie called Hoop Dreams. Ah, this, this is, is the, the one about, was it Arthur Agee and William Gates. William Gates? Yeah, okay. So this is the true story of two young guys going through high school, trying to make college, mm-hmm. and basically with their goal to become professional basketballers in the NBA. Yeah. Um, actually, it took them about three or four years to make this film. Yeah. Um, and at the time, it actually won a lot of awards mm-hmm. uh, back in 94, mid-90s, but that was a fantastic uh, movie, and I've watched that several times. Mm. Uh, one of those movies that, that never gets old. I've got to throw Moneyball in there, is, yeah. is uh, in there as well. Okay. So that'll be two of my three. So Hoop Dreams... Moneyball. Oh, it's tough to come up with a third one. Um, it's this is one of those topics, right? Where you answer this question tomorrow, you name a different three movies. Yeah, that's correct. I reckon, and that's it's so hard, and that's why uh, after we're done with this episode, we're going to put something up on on our our social we're, media. We're going to get a poll. We're going to make. We're going to get a poll going, but but Switchy's still got a Streety's still got to name his third third all time sports movie. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, well, it's too easy to pick a, a, a gridiron um, yep. movie. Uh, I'm struggling here. You know what? I, I actually kind of liked um, the movie with Joel Edgerton, The Fighter. Well, no, oh, was it? No, nah. no, no. Was it called The Warrior or the something? The Warrior. Is that the one about him in the in the MMA? Yeah, or he's whatever? a teacher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that was, and his brother was yes, fighting. He's, he's loose, and he had to, okay, he's got to fight yeah. his brother. That that actually that movie was a beautifully photographed um, shot. Um, the storyline was really good. Right. Everything about that movie was actually really good, and it was a very engaging movie. So I guess we've got different levels of movies. Um, yeah. You know. Okay. Um, well, that actually brings up a good point. So okay, so we'll recap your list in a second, but but that movie, oh, like. You're saying it was shot really well and had some really good cinematography, yes, and and, and some realistic like fight scenes. Is that what you correct? Mean? Yeah, yeah. It was actually now, it was on point, basically. Yeah, okay. Because that's probably one of the points we haven't raised is the other key element to a sports movie for for my opinion is realistic sports oh, footage. Yeah. You <laughs> cannot have a sports movie where it just looks like a load of shit in the sport yes. they play, right? Yeah, like. Um, I think we both agree there's one movie which had had the names, had the storyline, but they just ruined it by just terrible sports simulation. Invictus? Invictus. Invictus. Thanks a lot, Matt Damon. Yeah, that's horrible, isn't it? That, yeah. The story of uh, the Springboks yeah. and winning the Rugby World Cup and and just the way they butchered that. But, but I tell you, the other thing, and this is why I'm going to bring up the, the warrior story with Joel Edgerton, did you say? Yep. Because the other person that did ruin that movie, and I don't say it lightly, is Matt Damon as, oh, as the captain of the Springboks. That's horrible. Yeah. Like, and he destroyed... Like you say, oh, you don't get into it. I could not be inspired no, by... it was terrible. That was an inspirational story, but a horrible movie. Because yeah. Matt, I was like, whoa, that is horrible, right? And some of his speeches in... Well, that that he reenacted in the in those scenes out in with the Springboks out on the field, I felt like, mate, I would hand my jersey back and go, you know, right, what, I'm telling it. you, I like, can do a better South African accent. <laughs> you do like an opportunity to do an accent, though, don't you? I, I have requests so, by certain listeners to to pull an accent each each episode, and yeah, and there uh, you go, you've ticked that box. That was, now, was so. Very bad South African. South African. Actually, when I travelled through Africa with this guy, friend of mine, a couple of years ago, I did um, speak a lot of South African. Pretend and, it, and Pretend. It, did it pass or? Oh, who knows? Yeah, right. So okay, so so absolute key element: realistic reenactment or or sporting scenes, yeah. right? So Invictus, you're out. Thanks very much. And I think right. where that probably movie failed is rugby is just something totally foreign to American Hollywood. Ho- Hollywood. Hollywood yeah. So reenacting it, didn't yeah, work. it's just it just didn't work. Probably some of the most unrealistic hits I've ever seen on a. I think a I think there was field. better football simulation in the 2007 film called The Final Winter. Yes. About the Newtown Matt. Rugby League Club starring <laughs> Matthew Johns. <laughs> Low budget, I think they'll call oh, it. That was so. terrible. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so so but okay, so your last movie, The Warrior. Now, do you buy into Joel Edgerton as an MMA fighter? The storyline of that was this was a guy who was a school teacher. 
who then suddenly went through some sort of million-dollar knockout fighting tournament mm. and beat the best fighters in the world and won a million bucks. I think at the time, this is when MMA was sort of just kind of taking off. Yeah. So it was still a bit of a fringe sport, just getting a bit of attention from networks. Yeah. So there was still very much a bit of an underground slash raw element to it. Yeah. Um, which meant that, you know, a lot of these athletes didn't have the profiles of what they do now yeah. in, in the MMA um, yeah. arena. Therefore, it made the story a little bit more believable. Had that happened now, there's no way a character yeah, okay. like Edgerton in that movie could have actually stepped into an octagon and taken on a big and survived and, and survived. Yeah. But back then, um, the story goes, he had a background in fighting and things like that. Yeah. He took a career on as a teacher and ne- needed some cash. Yeah. Um, and the classic um, rags riches struggle story. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So there's, you know, that that element was in there. Well, believability that's a believability. big element. That's yeah. that's a big element of it. And the acting was good, story. so I'll, I'll give that marks. What about yours? Give me your top three. Well, okay, so um, I'm going to go with the all-time classic of Rocky. Okay. As as one of the ones that I just remember, and it's one of those ones again that I would watch over and over again. Well, they actually had it on TV a few weeks ago. Yeah, they do. Well, Foxtel run it. Like, yeah. God, they must. And have it, sat I, it was the first time I've actually sat down and watched an entire Rocky movie. Yeah, yeah. So, so it wasn't bad. Rocky's up there, I reckon. Which one? Because um, there's like five of them, isn't there? Yeah. There, oh, there's, isn't there like seven or something? But is I, there an actual Rocky? Is it the which one is the Apollo uh, or the Drago one that's better? I like the. I think it was. Uh, look, my memory is slightly fading on this, but I think it might have was the Apollo. The Apollo ones is the ones I like, right? Yeah. And and so when you talk about iconic scenes or iconic, iconic lines. I can't remember which one it's in, and, and I'm sure somebody will tell us. But um, after Rocky and Apollo have fought in one of those fights, and they are both in the hospital, and they are both as beaten to a pulp as two men can possibly be, and I think um, so they become friends. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And but the line I think is, and maybe I'm like I said, maybe I'm not recalling it correctly. But the line is something the iconic line that I remember is something along the lines of um, uh, Rocky. No, Apollo calls out to Rocky and says, "Hey, um, Rock, um, there ain't going to be no rematch." And and Rocky says, I "Don't want one, right?" Yeah. Like so, so that kind of leads to maybe it's like it's the second one or something like that yeah. before Rocky goes and fights like uh, Drago or someone like that, right? Or Club Lang or someone I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, like that's kind of the iconic line that I kind of remember, and so maybe that's like one of the my favorite ones. You know, that's yeah. stuck with me, obviously. Well, um, I mean, Rocky is in sports folklore. He is. Um, yeah, it is, yeah. And that's what, you know, like the, the whole... It's probably one of the only examples of a series of movies that have been just as popular yeah. f- as the first one, right? Yeah. Like, you know, there's not too many that you go... The Police Academy movies as an exception, obviously. <laughs> um, so they did go downhill late, but anyway, they were all pretty good. Uh, Mahoney. So, uh, okay, so Rocky was the first one. Oh, you know, um, and this isn't a comprehensive list that we're looking at here, so... I probably would. Uh, the, one of the ones that I watched and I'll watch over and over again, I really like it as a movie, was a movie called Green Street Hooligans. Okay. Which was actually about um, soccer hooliganism in um, in the English Premier League. Yeah. And the rivalry and the tribalism between fans of English Premier League sides. Fine playing those at the Knights games. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, you could make <laughs> one basically like um, maybe well, Beaumont Street Hooligans or something like that. So. Yeah. Um, but Green Street Hooligans, and it was this, like it was a bit unbelievable in the fact that I think Elijah Wood, um, he he's an American guy, and he came over and became one of the members of, of like uh, the crew or the what do they call them like a like like one of those gangs, right? Like a hooligan gang, and you know, and he went through the whole story and, and all that sort of stuff. But I but I found it to be quite a good story. So yeah. so Green Street Hooligans is one that I would watch over and over again, and I'd, so I'd put that up there in my list um, as well. And look, and the one that I just enjoyed from the perspective of just watching Varsity Blues. Oh, yeah. Mate, Dawson from Dawson's Creek. He come good. Yeah, but he was this the typical story, right? The quarterback gets injured. Yeah. This bloke who's just a nerd but got a cannon for an arm happens to step up, gets all the girls. Your teacher's a stripper. Yes. Right? Um, and, and your team, and you get to stand up and get rid of the tyrannical coach who's given all your mates PED injections and yep. and pain-killing injections. So you're the hero 
in every aspect of the word. Yeah. And then you go out there and you inspire your team to a second half comeback and win. Was it a district championship or something? I don't know. Yeah. And it's never a Super Bowl. Never a Super Bowl. No, we don't have a Super Bowl. We're going to give some honourable mentions to some other sort yeah, of uh, yeah. movies in here. Bend it like Beckham. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, the Blue chips. Yeah, the wrestler. Had, um, oh, I've never watched that actually. Mickey Rourke, I think he took an enormous amount of PEDs to mm, actually yeah, um, do that role. Yep. BMX Bandits. Yep. 1983. Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Kidman. It was the launch yeah. of her career. Yeah. Um, we got Probably my the best movie she's ever done. Yeah, we got my personal lookalike. Stephen Curry starred in the Cup from 2011. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. 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 We haven't seen you two in yeah. the same room. Yet, if if we? if we could actually consider Fight Club to be a sports movie, that probably would be right up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You like that one? Yeah, too. it was a pretty good. One. Like Dodgeball was probably one of the funnier ones. That's got yeah. some pretty iconic lines in it. Um, one thing we actually probably haven't really touched on is to get a superstar cast together. And that that obviously that that goes a long way to a good sports movie. So this is where we got to give a shout out to um, a league of their own, the baseball mm. female softball movie with Madonna, Gina Davis, Tom yeah, Hanks, Rosie a, O'Donnell. That was actually a really good movie. That was a really good movie. And actually, you're right. The cast of that made that movie. That was really good. Yeah, yeah, and a good story too, because it did shine a light on like elements of history, sports history that that you didn't hear much about, obviously, which was that female league, mm. the female professional baseball league, um, obviously during the World War, I think, and. Um, yeah, it was quite it's quite good, right? Because it, yeah. it gives you that insight into that area, that era, that incident mm. in history that we wouldn't know and about. What could have been? We got professional leagues in Australia now for cricket and basketball. That's and right. Yeah. AFL. Yep. Netball. Yep. And I'm sure they accept crying in all those leagues as well because there's lots of crying in sport these days. Yeah. Everyone seems to be crying. So um, yeah, there's a couple of honourable mentions that you would make. I think that's a really good one. There's the ones that will be on like the list of every critic, like a raging bull, um, bull Durham. Um, there's you know there's like when we were kings, the boxing movie. Yeah, million dollar Marley. baby. Million dollar baby. That's a that's a hard movie to watch. That's pretty tough if you haven't seen that. Yeah, you get that one out on Netflix or whatever. Yeah. So there's plenty. Look, sports movies we could watch them all day every day, and like we said, the debate is one that would rage on, you know. So we've named our top three, but tomorrow if you ask us the question, we might change it. Yeah. And I'm sure when we put the poll up on the social media pages, we are going to actually hear from people and we'll probably say, geez, I wish I'd put that in my top exactly, three. Exactly, exactly. So. so with that, we've just gone over the hour mark. We hope yeah. you've enjoyed your drive, your walk, your run. Your activity. Your activity. What are you doing listening to us? Yep. If you're sitting on the couch listening to us... With no pants on. Well, you should be doing something else listening. Yeah, probably. But we want to thank you for tuning in to number four. Episode four. Um, number five's up next. Yep. So we'll so work look, out what to talk about. We'll hopefully be back soon with episode four. We ho- oh, it's episode five. We hope you enjoyed episode four. Um, we've certainly enjoyed bringing it to you. And um, yeah, we'll obviously see you again next time. Yeah, and if you are listening to us on iTunes, please don't forget to give us a rating and review. Mm. It helps our show get found um, so more people can listen. And you've got us on Spotify and Stitcher and other podcast networks where you can find us. So thanks again, and we'll be back for number five soon. Let's go grab a veal schnitty. That's it. 20 calves worth. See you guys. Bye.